Hey everybody, it's officially draft season, and we here at Upside Swings couldn't do what we do without Global Shop Solutions ERP software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Thanks again for listening. Hello everybody, and welcome back to the Upside Swings of a Draft Podcast, the podcast of the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined as always by the great Stone Hansen, and once again by the great Cooper Klein. We have missed him for probably about 10 or 11 of the, like our last 10 or 11 episodes, he's been, he's been out and, uh, you know, he was on the IR, but he's back now. He's healthy and uh, had a fun trip to Africa. And we're here to talk about a really interesting team, maybe the most interesting team in the draft. And, you know, we kind of saved the best for last. Like the last couple of pods we're doing for this 30 for 30 series are all interesting teams. Today is the Portland Trailblazers, and we're joined by the great Samuel L. Whiteley. He's at SMC Stank on Twitter. He's the host of the Peyton Years, which is a great if you're just a real, real sicko, you want to listen to an Oregon State basketball podcast like me, it's it's the best one out there, and uh, they do great work over there. Samuel, my friend, how you doing? I'm doing great. I, I appreciate your choice of, of adjectives, both for the Blazers season and, um, yes, I mean, we can hold the title of the best Oregon State men's basketball podcast in the world until there is a second one. You know, there's we don't really even have to worry about it. As soon as there is, we could be in trouble. But um, yes, I agree. Interesting is probably the closest thing to a positive thing you can say about the Blazers the past two seasons. I don't know what else it would be. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, that's the nicest. Yeah, it's the nicest word I can come up with. Uh, the other words would be somewhere along the lines of um, horrible and disgusting and really sad. Um, so that's about what I got. But before we get too into the Blazers, Coopstone, my friend. How you got my friends, I should say. How you guys doing? Doing good. We got Coop back on the pod. Everything is right in the world, it feels like again. Um, get to talk about some real deep cuts on the Blazers roster. Uh, and you know, what the heck they're gonna do with pick three. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, uh it's it's great to be back. I'm excited to talk about, you know, uh, John Butler's NBA team. Uh, you know, he's their the real star here in Portland. But uh, you know, I this is a you know, this is a a basketball team, I think we said in in the pre-show, and that's the you know, they're they're funky. They have some fun picks this year. Uh they should send three to the Rockets just because it uh, you know, it's an active service. But we, we can talk about that here in a bit. Yeah, and I think the place to uh to start here before we get into the third pick is how things went last season. Sam, if you could just give like a like a brief description or, or a long description of just how much of a mess this team has kind of felt like over the past couple of years. Right. I mean, like no truly major discernible differences from the path it took the season prior. I mean, I think they might have been a little bit better, the, the ultimate tank. Essentially, I mean, they decided to blow it up around the same time. I mean, you... You, I, Joe Cronin used the term. We decided to try to do things on two separate timelines, and I don't exactly know what that means, but I can tell you that it was a massive failure. That they were trying to su surround Dame with certain high-level uh, role players like Josh Hart and. Uh, you know, to a lesser degree, some other guys like Yusuf Nurkic who aren't quite good enough. And um, 
at this point at age 33, I think Dame is probably not good enough to be the best player on a championship team. Um, but Shaden Sharp was really fun. Yeah, I think, <laughs> you know, I, I think when, when discussing this team, it's hard to not get just a little lost in the Damian Lillard weeds because it feels like every, I mean, how long have the get him out of their trade rumors been going? Even before they made the Western Conference Finals, but especially since then, uh, just people begging him to get out, begging him to quote unquote run from the grind. Uh, the one of my favorite NBA memes is the is the uh, uh, one where it's uh, he's looking at Jesus like give me tougher battles and Jesus is saying what the fuck um, no but like the Dame question is just so weird and there's some interesting guys on this roster I mean Anthony Simons looked really good got paid and then you know maybe looked more questionable Shaden Sharp had a good rookie season my boy Kevin Knox came in and had a fun year. Uh, but <laughs> the Some of the names when they went full tank, I mean, I ironically on Twitter started being like, is Kevin Knox really a sixth man? And, you know, it just, <laughs> but some of the resurgences they gave to guys, um, Co- people will forget Cody Zeller was signed by Joe Cronin for some reason. That was going on two years ago. But just the list of names like that is so funny. It's been a real roster churn, but I do want to start with Dame. Sam, I, I, I guess just the, the basic question is, do you think we'll see a Dame trade this offseason? I don't think it's going to be this offseason. I mean, obviously there would be more surprising things than if it happened that way. It just it seems like it's going that direction. I think he's so stubborn and it's not going to happen until he essentially demands it, in my opinion, because he's he's created this narrative for himself by trying to be the most loyal player to a small market team in NBA history. And that makes it harder to trade someone, or at least it should. So I think it'll be either at the deadline right before the all-star break or next off season personally. Yeah, that, that seems more fair. I, I would not write it off in its entirety because also um, I, I think it's important to note that Damian Lord is, I mean, probably at some point in his career going to be on the worst contract in the NBA. Um, he's just constantly getting extended uh, for exorbitant amounts of money, exorbitant uh, percentages of the cap. Um, I believe he is, he exercises player option for next year already. And I believe there's an extension after that, that will take him even longer if I'm not mistaken. Um, but at the same time, you mentioned the loyalty and it's hard to not like, I know it's become a meme, but it's also hard to not kind of appreciate that, especially for me. I, I don't watch a ton of Blazers, but as a Pacific Northwest guy, like there's not a ton up here like to really latch on to, you know, ever since I, I guess like, uh, you know, Ken Griffey left, Ichiro Suzuki left. Like there's just not a ton to latch on to in sports up in the Pacific Northwest. So it is nice that he's like been here so long. I've seen I've seen him at the Mona Center four times now, so Let's talk quickly about how this team should be built around Dave because you mentioned they've taken stabs. Uh, they It seems like they really like to have a shot creating guard next to him. I think part of the reason they moved on from CJ McCollum is that they thought Anthony Simons could step up and be that guy. Simons, I feel like, had sort of a disappointing year last year, um, especially for the money he's making, but maybe he can step up. Obviously, they brought Jeremy Grant in in a trade, uh, and now he's a free agent. Just in general... Sam, what do you think a team around Dame should look like if the goal is, at, at the very least, kind of contention? 
I think, unfortunately, more than roster, you have to start with having a coach that isn't somewhere between a disaster and just clearly very inexperienced and kind of learning on the fly. I know he Chauncey's was a great player. I'm not saying he's an idiot or anything like that, but you clearly take a step back from when you go from Terry Stotts, who I think has aged very well as the Blazers coach. I mean, maybe it was time for a change, but you go from him to a dude with one year of assistant coaching experience under Doc Rivers. Um, you know, I, I think that I, I, we, we watched Miami lose in five games to the, the Nuggets, but come so close to winning an NBA championship with Jimmy Butler, Bam, and a bunch of scrap heap type guards. And, I think that we can agree that if Chauncey was the head coach of the Heat, they would not have made it out of the play-in tournament, or maybe not even made it. And so, I I, I mean, to give a long-winded answer, I think there's lots of pieces that are somewhat exciting. Anthony Simons was second in the NBA in three-pointers, at like around the 40-game mark. And then it wasn't long after that that they started making up injuries for guys and doing everything they could to lose every game on purpose and kind of embarrassing the NBA in the process. But, um, you know, before that, I get that he's a little bit of a CJ clone and maybe even worse at defense at this point than CJ is, but he seems like a guy worth keeping to me, a guy that would make shots in the second half of playoff games. And those are harder to find than you think. I mean, the same thing with Jeremy Grant. I think he's probably a little bit overrated, but, still a, a tier two wing in this league. No, I, I think that's fair. I, I think that's like a solid trio, like a solid place to build from. The issue has just been, there's been nothing around them. And and like, I'm going to be a little short, I, I suppose. Like Yusuf Nurkic is cooked at this point. There's nothing left. The games I it's did watch. It's very the Blazers, sad. Yeah. He yeah, just, he, he can't move. Been... He's been pretty much cooked since he I, – I vividly remember watching him and hearing his leg break. I was watching that game against the Nets and thinking that he was going crazy that specific game and thinking, like, this team is the second-best team to the Warriors. And, you, you know, it sucks that Ennis Cantor is I, – I, I mean, that was four years ago. He was fine to me at that point, too. But, yeah, he, uh, he just can't keep his weight down anymore. I mean, and it is mostly because of that. But, yeah, he – Looks like he would rather be smoking a cigarette half the time he's playing at this point. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's, he was good when he played, but you're absolutely right that he just, he looks like he can't play anymore. And, and this team has like, like I imagine Cam Reddish and Matisse Thibel are back. They're both restricted free agents that I imagine they'll tender the qualifying opportunity. The one interesting one there is Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish might just take $7 million, like for a one-year contract if it's offered to him. Um, Matisse, I imagine would hold out a little bit longer and try to get, you know, I, I would guess somewhere in like the three years, 24 million. The real interesting one is it, I mean, is obviously Jeremy Grant. What's he going to want? He's unrestricted. He could go anywhere. I feel like the Blazers are a good place for it because he wants to play with the ball. He wants to have that a little bit. He kind of wants to be a second scorer. How, how do you feel about Jeremy Grant's free agency? And, and do you think the Blazers have a good shot at retaining him? Uh, yeah, I mean, if he wanted to get paid by a good team, this was not the first season to have with your new team 
you know, like this did not go well for him. And I know his health is fine, but I just think that bottom line consistency and, and a, a little bit effort. I don't think he sees himself as a borderline all-star player for whatever reason. Um, he, he's much more of a Robin, a bit of a defer in certain spots. I mean, I think it was the season they had overall, but I was a little bit disappointed with him. I would be surprised if a very good team wanted to pay him a lot of money to start for them right now. Yep, I, I think that's absolutely fair. Um, but I, I, I am interested to see how it goes because being unrestricted, and there's there's some teams with cap space, but I, I imagine he's back. Let's talk about pick three because I would. I, that's my the, to make a yeah a long yeah. form more succinct. I would think he is back. Yeah. And, talking about pick three is interesting because I can't remember the last time a team has been this transparent that they want to trade a pick this high. Um, I really can't like, I know I, I I mean, even like, like racking my brain, there's nothing there that I can think of where a team was just like, they get the third pick. All right. Highest bidder. Let's hear it. And it's really crazy. The, the Blazers do have a solid package. I, I have a feeling that Simons is going to be attached to the third pick wherever he's traded, just a salary filler, because the Blazers are, even without Jeremy Grant, I believe, like, fairly close to uh, kind of that cap line. They're going to want to give out the MLE, I would imagine, without paying the tax, so you kind of have to uh, account for some stuff there. I feel like we might see Simons out the door as well. Let's just talk about some trade ideas here. Sam, I'll, I'll start with you. Who's maybe your favorite, like, What's your favorite rumor that you've heard? And what do you think a trade with that team might look like? I don't think any of them are quite good enough. I mean, I I might just be kind of a stand for Scoot at this point. I think that his ceiling is, you know, as high as just about anybody under 6'6 that's come into the draft under 20 years old. But, I mean, I guess Siakam would be the one that, I, it would take a lot for me, so I, I I don't really like I said love any of them. But a guy like Siakam, an All Star level wing who makes your defense better as just one individual, would be the starting point. But then I would want to pick back in the top fifteen for him too. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's interesting. So talking about the Raptors, I, I imagine you're right. It would be something built around Pascal Siakam and thirteen probably four, three, and Anthony Simons. Maybe there's some other shenanigans thrown in there. I think the thing that would make the Raptors really interesting is if you could somehow find a way to get Pascal and OG Ananobi, but I just don't know if that's realistic because it does seem like there's a world where like a team would trade three first-round picks for OG Ananobi, and I think you could be cooking with gas if you did. I mean, if you could find a way to pull that off and you're running a wing trio of Pascal, Jeremy Grant, and OG Ananobi, that'd be monstrous defensively. That would be, um, you know, fairly versatile offensively with good spacing. Dame is kind of your guy there. You'd have to get a good big to tie it all together, but I think that's possible. Maybe even ask for Christian Coloco back in a trade or start uh, former Beaver, Drew Eubanks, however you want to look at that. Um, Coop, wh- what are some trade ideas here for three that you are kind of intrigued by? The one I've kind of seen thrown around recently is that Pelicans trade package uh, and the Pelicans just have so many players, right? Like they have so many guys. Uh, I mean, maybe they, I mean, you know, CJ McCollum is the big, uh, <laughs> you know, ironically, you know, old, uh, old blazer, uh, but he's, he's the big contract there that you would maybe have to take back. 
<clears throat> but I don't know. They don't really have like a ton of salary, if I remember correctly, that like really gets you there with Simons, unless you want to like package Trey Murphy and Herb Jones and, you know, somebody else who's actually good. But um, I've seen that thrown around because they really, really want Scoop, which would be awesome. I mean, him and Zion and, and Brandon Ingram would be such a crazy trio. But and the Blazers could just get their pick of, you know, the 400 cool role players that the, the Pelicans currently have. I, I, I think if there was a deal to be had with the Pelicans, it probably involves Ingram going back, I would imagine. I think that it's probably like Ingram 14 and then like, you know, Simons and three or something to make the money work. But I think that any deal that the Pelicans are going to offer the rap, the uh, Blazers are only going to listen if Ingram or Zion isn't involved, and I don't see Zion being involved. So, I I think that's the only way that you would even be able to get their attention, um, for a deal like this. The stock is so low for Zion. I just think that they can't entertain that unless he's a second piece of something like a Dyson, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones. And like a Cairo Lewis or something plus picks for the for like I think they have like they have a late lotto in two K in two K <laughs> I I don't know if you really I they seem very committed to the young bit and I think all those guys are pretty valuable if you added picks but that doesn't seem like what they want to go for right they want a star and uh, yeah like you said I think that's Ingram or Zion I don't think they're going to take Zion. Yeah, I mean, it would be very intriguing to get Murphy and Jones and Dyson, but I don't want to give up Scoot if that's what they're getting. I would love to have those guys if they're deciding we're going to go very, very young and build around Scoot and and Shaden and get rid of Dame for as you know young of upside guys as they can. But without Scoot, it just seems like you're kicking the can a little bit by putting those guys around Dame. Yeah, no, I I think that's fair. Like like. The Blazers don't need a selection of good role players. As much as I love Dame, you're, you don't want him to be like this heliocentric creator. That's not what this third pick is worth. What the third pick is for is to get someone else who can take some of the offensive load off him, contribute defensively, and then you want to build around those guys. You know, Jeremy Grant, I think, makes a lot of sense as like a third guy next to another star. And I think when you're talking about second stars – Brandon Ingram is maybe the best guy who could be had out of any of the trades we're going to talk about. Um, you know, the Nets uh, are probably somewhere in this, and it would be McCall Bridges. I like McCall. I, I I think he's probably a little bit overextended as like a second creator. He looked good for the Nets, don't get me wrong, but I'm not sure I buy him shooting like 75% on pull-up twos for the rest of his career. That's just not something I think is going to happen. Uh, I think we saw him taken out a little bit in the playoffs by the Sixers. Um, you know, obviously that, they were a flawed team, but if you, maybe if you could get McCall and a Nick Claxton, I'd be more That's what interested. I was going to say. Yeah. That so, say, might be worth it. So just what do you th- what would you think about that duo coming back for three? Yeah, I mean, just, Claxton on its own. I mean, he like you watch Nurkic so much and just him limp around and and he's one of the dudes that immediately comes to mind is like our team would be much, much better if we just took out Nurkic and replaced him with him and everything else was left the same. It would still be a below average defense, but at least they would have an anchor to it. So 
that one I can talk myself into. I do agree with you that like that was not a good. It was a little bit of an exposure in that that playoff series for Bridges. And uh, there's nothing more Blazers than signing a really good player who just had a career high or like a hot stretch, and then he regresses way below the mean the next year. And with Bridges, I could see that. Yep, I, I I'm with you. I, th- I think it's absolutely possible. I I um I think he's like no matter what he's going to be good because he's such a good versatile defender. But I do have some issues there. Stone, are there any other trade packages that kind of stand out for three, or do you think those are kind of the main ones we're going to be looking at? Unless there's like some big surprise. I I think those are probably the main ones. I think every team is going to be trying to scramble to see what they can just you know scavenge together and and try and make an offer for. I don't think many teams are going to go very far with that. Um, but I mean, maybe it, it, it's hard to know um, with, you know, what direction teams are going. So it's like the Hawks can maybe throw something out there, but are the Hawks really looking to move on and, and start with Scoot? Probably not. Um, there's, there's a lot of teams out there that could like have the pieces that maybe to maybe make it work, but it just doesn't make sense with what directions they're in. So I think those are probably the main, you know, few teams that are, are real more realistic than the rest. Sam, I'm just going to rapid fire throw a couple teams and, and like just basic trade ideas at you and just kind of like you can be short with it kind of yes or no's, or you can talk about it a little more, but just kind of going down the list of because I'm guessing a lot of teams are pretty interested in three if it was the boston celtics on the phone offering basically jalen brown and not a ton else for three how would you feel about that i'm too cynical to to just be adding one big piece to what essentially the roster we already have so those are going to be no for me and again maybe i'm i'm giving too much credit to what scoot could be the Bulls, and it would be something, it could either be, I could say it'd be built around DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine and probably some other, you know, like an Alex Caruso and stuff like that. There. And how would you feel about that? Um, I If I had to choose between that and, and Jalen Brown and not much else, I mean, yeah, I, at least they have in that package. I, if it was Levine and Caruso and, and maybe AO or Picks or something like that, that's probably asking too much, but um that I could I could get behind a little bit more. But same idea. I don't, if it yeah. were up to me to pull the trigger on that, I would probably say no. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. Cleveland, I, I don't really see wanting to get up there. I mean, maybe if Brandon Miller fell, but they don't really have the options unless they were really willing to move off Jared Allen. But even that probably wouldn't be enough to get to three. Um, I mean, Coop would want me to bring up the Rockets and Jalen Green. I don't think they're really in there. The Lakers no, are another not, team I think would want to get in there, but I don't know what that would look like as Move well. LeBron. <laughs> you know, <laughs> would you take LeBron for number three trade? Um, no, but uh, I, I don't think they can really get in there. Um, just kind of scrolling down the list. We already mentioned the Pelicans. The Knicks are probably worth some mention as, you know, could they build to the ground Julius Randle? Would that interest you at all? Or, or do you just think that's not enough value for three? It's probably not enough value. I mean, if they could, it, it'd be how funny would it be if they ended up getting McCollum and Josh Hart back in the same or either one of them? I mean, would be like, we're just what are we doing here? But um, he's a good player. He's a great guy to have around a guy like Scoot and what Scoot might be or Lillard. Um, you know, obviously he wouldn't be the central point of it, but they have role guys worth 
you know, arguing for, in my opinion. But I don't I think that Julius Randall's, you know, his biggest selling point is now passed, probably. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. All right. I got two more weird ones to throw at you. How would you feel about Lowry marking in in some construction and nine for three? See the 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 high pick. I mean, I I'd be curious. Like, who who are some guys around that eight to twelve range? The Blazers would be a great gritty dick spot. Get a wing shooter. This class is fairly full of interesting wings, you know. And and they kind of have Shaden Sharp, who's more that like athletic off ball cutter wing. You know, you get like a real shooting wing or someone like like Cam Whitmore is also kind of a cutter, but like he would be great here if he fell that far. Anthony Black is like a bench creator um so there's definitely some there's definitely some guys who at, at nine were there would be fascinating here um even Kassad Wallace would be fucking spectacular here the I last, love that yeah uh the I last Grady Dick and Lowry or something like that I mean it's probably there's probably no way they're willing to give up with uh, give up Walker Kessler at this point but he would be somebody a, a very young center with shot blocking potential to be that anchor guy would be another person I would be interested in as part of a package too. The last one I'll throw out there is something built around a Kristaps Porzingis signing trade for three. Now this would have to be obviously after the draft, but you could probably agree to it in principle. Um, How would you feel about, you know, Kristaps Porzingis and probably Kyle Kuzma coming back for three? Yeah. um, I don't know how much I trust Porzingis to not go off or, or Kuzma for that matter they both seem like such weird guys to me that I feel like they would it would be easy for them to get distracted by other things a little bit with you know same thing with Jeremy Grant to a lesser degree in Portland I just don't know and maybe that's a very ignorant thing to say but I just don't see them as good fits here um but a, a wing three and D guy at Kuzma's level who rebounds well would be an obvious upgrade well, it's just someone with with who who's like alive at the five. I mean, Christoph Porzingis was like all star caliber good last year for whatever that's worth. I think it kind of gets underrated because the Wizards were so weird and bad, but he was really good last year. Um, I think that's probably good on the trade. Yeah, I hope hopefully you guys have have an idea of just how wide the breadth of options for the Blazers are here at three. Let's talk about if they were to keep that pick and. Sam, you've kind of you've alluded to it. There's someone who you're really into. Do you want to wax poetic for a second about Scoot and, and why you're so high on him? Yeah, I mean, it, like I, I I fully man crush Scoot as a basketball fan. I mean, ever since the G League Ignite games against Metropolitan '92 or whatever Wemby's team is called, it was like holy shit, he's better than what he was billed as as the other guy in this game to check out. I mean, um, I think that. He says it himself. He thinks he should go one because he's got more dog in him. I don't know how, you know, put measurables away for a second. I want that guy on my team. And I just think he's he's got a lot of some Dame Lillard in his game, but he also possesses, especially as a 20-year-old, things that Dame doesn't have now as a defender, as a as an athlete, as a above-the-rim guy. I know Dame can go up and get one too, but I think he's just – at a different level with all those things. I mean, he can play the point. I'm sure he'll play a lot of the two, at least early on. I, I think he could fit next to to Dame. Is that a championship team immediately? Probably not. Scoot is going to take time to develop. Guards are, are rarely, like, 
uber ready to win early, but I think he could fit next to Dame, and I think that could be a fun fit. Um, Coop, is there a guy uh, other than Scoot who you'd be really happy with here at three? Uh, <clears throat> well, I can see that you kind of lobbed this to me as the, you know my my other favorite guy who could probably be here. I'd love to see them take Amon Thompson. Uh, you know, I'd rather see him fall to the Rockets, but I think just an Uber athlete like that can be kind of a connector next to their, you know, their two star scorers can be an elite defender in the backcourt, you know, bring size that Dame doesn't, you know, he doesn't have, uh, and just really add some versatility on that end while still being a really funky, interesting fit, add a real transition element to this team, uh, you know, set up a lot of their other, like they have some good shooters on this team. They just, uh, you know, their only real offensive options are Dame pick and roll and like really high pick and roll. And then Jeremy Grant ISO and uh, Amon gives you another option. And, you know, you can run some fun two man game with him and Jeremy or even him as the screener, like super, super high for Dame. There's some really fun options because you have three super dynamic guys on offense and, and Amon still brings elite defense on the other end. Yeah, I I would like that. It's someone I wouldn't be into here. And and Sam, tell me if I if you think I'm wrong here. I would not love Brandon Miller here. I understand the idea of the fit with him as like a, a shooter who can kind of be a secondary creator. I just think this team desperately needs an athleticism boost, whether that be at the guard or at the wing. Um, and Miller just doesn't bring that. He's just not really all that athletic. And uh there's guys in this draft. I mean, I have I'm lower on Miller than most, but uh, especially at three, where you can have one of Scooter Allman, I would much rather have those guys. How how would you feel about a Miller pick here? No, that's and that's what I was going to ask. Is that I? It's kind of inexplicable to me that he. A lot of people seem pretty comfortable assuming he's going to go too, because I would have him fourth in in my ranking, and maybe even fifth or sixth. I mean, I. I th- I'm sure his ceiling is very high as a two-way guy, but I, I mean, to me, his floor, and you guys, please tell me if this is too harsh or, or a dumb thing to say, but it's kind of like Mo Harkless 2.0. Yeah, I, he's he's definitely like a better shooter than Harkless, but I think in yeah. terms of like impact, I could see that. Like like for me, someone who I've, when, when I watch Miller that I I, I sometimes get like a, a, a slight vibe of is like, I don't know, like a, maybe like a Trey Lyles type. No, that's extremely harsh. And I'm not trying, like, he's probably going to be like a starting caliber wing. But I just, I, I worry about the defense. I worry that he just does not finish well at the rim. He's not a great half court player. He's not like even the best shooter in this class. Like, I would prefer Grady Dick as a shooter off the ball. So, uh, in, in general, I'm with you. I guess we usually save this part kind of for the end, but I want to ask you, Sam, like, What's your best case scenario here at three? Is it drafting Scoot? Is it trading it for one of the packages we talked about? What would make you most excited, most happy as a Blazers fan? And it's it could be cynicism, um, uh, especially towards trades at this time of year right now. But I, uh, to me, the best case scenario is drafting Scoot, um, see, trying if not for a full season, then at least fifty games or whatever it is before the All Star break to pair him with Dame and see if, I mean, because a, a I've heard a little bit of this in Portland is that we can't just keep pairing Dame with six, three guards that are very athletic and can score a whole bunch. But I think Scoot is, doesn't need, deserve to be 
lumped in the same category as Anthony Simons or CJ McCollum. I think there's so much more that he brings. And so I would like to see him added to a team that is trying to win right now and isn't going to spend the last 35 games going out of their way to try and lose on a level we've almost never seen an NBA team do before. And if it doesn't work out, then we'll punt it the same way we're doing right now anyways. And we can look to get younger and see what we'll get for Dame at that point. Yep, I I think that's absolutely fair. And then what would be your worst, like, you would be so, you'd be inconsolably sad should they make whatever type of trade or should they draft whoever it is at three? Not not that it's personal to Jalen Brown, but something like that, where essentially it was, maybe there's a little bit of surrounding it, but it's, the the meat of it is the third pick for a, a second option type guy who maybe adds a little size and, you know, defense on the wing. But to me, uh, that just isn't going to make enough of an impact to turn them from a mediocre team that underachieves a little bit to a very good one, especially with the head coach who, again, is learning on the fly how to do this from his assistant coaching staff who have a lot of experience getting fired. That's uh, that's a great way of putting it. Um, all right, let's move on to to pick 23, and uh, you know we'll mix in pick 43 in a second as well. Coop, I'm just going to throw this to you. Assuming they keep 23 and it's not a part of a, a deal with three, who are some guys you like here in this range? So this is like just outside of that top like 20-ish range that I think this draft kind of has. But I, th- I think somebody from that range could fall here. Um, I could see, you know, a Dariq Whitehead falling if teams stupidly kind of, you know, talk themselves out of him with the foot injury. I think he can really shoot, really defend, give him some time to rehab that injury and uh, just cook from there. Um, I would really like to see them get like a Brandon Podziemski, just, you know, a, a uh, you know, someone who can really hustle, you know, really tries, really cares, can be another semi-initiator, but also play off the ball, really shoot. Um, I think this could be the back end of, of a Jet Howard's range even. And I think just adding another shot creator like that, just somebody who can really shoot the ball uh, and just, you know, really add, like add a lot of what people like about the Brandon Miller fit, but with not using a top three pick on it. And uh, just somebody who can play off ball, space the floor, attack closeouts, have some upside, you know, as, as a creator, if you want to lean into that youth movement, if you want to trade Dame 50 games in, um, just somebody who could give you some different looks uh, during this this season or in the future. Yeah, Stone, who are a couple guys who stand out to you that you'd like here? Um, I like Strother here. I think Strother's an interesting name. Um, someone that can play off the ball, be a really high level shooter, finisher. I think that he makes a lot of sense in this sort of range. Um, I think Max Lewis can make some sense too, just as this guy that you're taking to be, um, more of a two way wing in the hope of that. It might take a little bit. It's not immediate help, but. I don't think relying on immediate help with pick 23 is the right route to go either because most rookies just aren't going to live up to that expectation. Um, So I'm not completely against, you know, taking the best player available. The other guy I would say that's interesting would be like Colby Jones. I think he is someone that can have more of an immediate impact, can fill a wing slot, can fill a backup guard slot, whatever you need him to be on any given basis, I think. 
it can fill that sort of role for them. So those would be the guys that I'd be looking at. Yeah, and and I mean we could uh, we could probably spend a, a lot of time in this range as we normally do. Um, but I, I'm going to trans. I'm going to just kind of move to to 43 quickly as well, and then I'll get some of your uh, your thoughts on on this group in general, Sam, in a second. But I would love this. Like, if they did look to take a stash, like this would be a great Nico spot. Nico's Kavapolus, I believe it's how it's said. I know how to spell it, but I just I can never manage to actually say it right. Um, but he would be really fun here, kind of in that same Julian Strother bold. Um, is this a Chris Murray spot? You know, maybe that would probably be closer to pick 23, but I wouldn't hate him here. I actually, I, I think he's solid. Um, I'd love to see Muhammad Gay here. I know he's worked out for them two years in a row now. Um, they need bodies at the five and he's at least an interesting bet at that. There's some very stark issues with Gay as a player, um, but I, I think he's at least a fun bet. Um, and then at 43, I, you know, this would be a spot I'd be happy with Jaime Jaquez. I would not like him at 23, but here I, I, I'd i be interested. Coopstone, do you guys have any other guys you want to bring up here at 43? Alex Fudge. I think that he makes a lot of sense as a defensive guy that you can just put wherever you want. Um, he's he, gonna he get played good. for Florida, right? Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that guy, yeah. Yeah, he does absolutely nothing on offense, but I think it's anything you want him to do defensively, he can probably fill that role, so... I would be interested taking a flyer on a guy like that at pick 43. If you just used Fudge as the high screener in a Dame high pick and roll, uh, I think that could be one of like the few actual offensive things he could do on an NBA floor and uh, just give you an excuse, like really utilize his defense in a way that a lot of teams can't. Um, I think you could get a city Sissoko at either of these picks and be pretty happy just super connector pretty athletic adds more of a transition game uh, he's not like my super favorite player but i really like him next to all the random players that the trailblazers have kind of give them you know more of like a stabilizing calming force uh, who can who can add some new dimensions to the team and if you do want to get a win now player you cannot go wrong with mike miles jr at 43 another small guard you know, could be like a backup kind of, you know, Dane backup, but he he's very different stylistically. Can do the shooting, but much more of a rim pressure guy. Just, uh, you know, it, it, probably the best transition player at six foot one, like in the world right now. I mean, uh, at, at his height, he's like actually probably like five eleven, six foot. So he is really elite in transition and, and could bring a lot to this team. Uh, while playing off ball, while playing on the ball, uh, just a really solid, well-rounded player at 43. Yeah, Sam, are there any of those names that we mentioned or other ones that we didn't that you'd be really excited about or really happy with should the Blazers add to the roster? I'm glad you brought up Miles. My my girlfriend is a, a TCU alum, and so the past two years, I've loved watching him. This year, I thought they were going to be a little bit better than they were. They dealt with some off-court stuff, but I... I, it's, I'm not saying it's a direct, like, basketball player to basketball player comparison, but I think Miles has – he reminds me of Davion Mitchell a lot, that that's potentially what you could be getting. I, he's not the defender he is, but he's just fearless. He's got that dog in him the same way. He will guard guys four inches taller than him and not complain about it. Um, So of the names – I'm a Pac-12 guy, so, I mean, like, Hawkins 23 is too high, but 43 would be great. 
Muhammad Gay, I kind of feel the same way that 23 might be a bit of a reach for him if he's not going to be in a position to get minutes, I would think, next year. But so one name, um, so my friends and I, every year we like to do a little draft pool where we predict the first round. And and I'll, so I'll start paying attention to where guys are projected a little bit more pretty soon. But one name that I think would be a great, if you get Scoot especially, this is kind of a cherry on the top type pick. And I think um, uh, Amani Bates would be, worth it may it could be yeah. a disaster but i feel like if you're already getting scoot you're in this weird transition as a franchise why not try it with him would like that i i'm not like super in or super out on baits we had when we talked about him on the pod we were all just kind of like there's something there it's weird he's never gonna be that like star he was sold as but this is a team that could just use bets and on, on the wing as as shooters especially i mean like, especially if their wing rotation next year is going to involve, like, if it is going to involve Kevin Knox and Watford or, and, and and Jonathan Williams. And, and you know, I like Jabari Walker a lot, but he's probably more of like a 4-5 than like a 2-3 by any means. And I, I would like that bet. I think Amoni Bates would be a really fun pick here. Um, are there any other names that stood out to you? This I apologize if this is a stupid question. Is did Amari Bailey go back to UCLA? No, nope, he's he's in the draft. He's here. Yeah, I I watched some of those con, uh, combine scrimmages, and I mean I I watched him. All I have a bias towards Pac-12 guys because it's what I watched during the regular season the most. But I I don't know who doesn't love him if you watch him enough. He's just he's he's a dog, and, and, and you you definitely have a type, Sam. Uh, you, you and Coop both have have the same type. Just just uh, dudes who play hard and, and no, he's, he's interesting. And, and I have some trouble like figuring out where his range is, but I do like, I do like him here uh, quite a bit. And, and I think he could be, if he's there at 43, I think he would be an absolute steal. Um, I think, that, I think that's a, we, that's a good number of names. We've kind of, and gathered, I do think he could oh, go like Juzang did, where it. Some people were saying he's a late first, or and some were saying he no, he's not getting drafted by anybody. Yeah, de- definitely. And I think with Bailey, like, I, I just, I, I, I guess where I'm at is, the Blazers maybe could convince him to go UDFA too. Like, I don't know how the Blazers pull is there. The Blazers have not done well with their two way contracts historically, other than Drew Eubanks. Um, and even it Eubanks. does help though that they for the first time ever have their own G League team that's going to be operating yep. out of Portland. I do think that's huge, especially if they're going to be tanking games. Absolutely, no. I think that's I think it's absolutely huge for their development. I think it's going to make them a more attractive destination for undrafted free agents. And if someone like Amari Bailey, if you're like, hey, if you come in like and you really work, like there's a chance you can get minutes like early enough in your career, like that could maybe convince him. There's plenty of other names. We could spend all day kind of going through names. This could definitely be like a Kobe Brown spot. This could be an awesome Jalen Slauson spot or Seth Lundy from Penn State would be great here. Um, I'll shout out Craig Porter Jr. as always because, um, you know, speaking of dogs. Um, But I think we like to end this, Sam, with kind of getting big picture and focusing on what the general gist of this offseason could look like. And we've talked a little bit about the worst and best case with the third pick specifically. But if you were to get more macro, Sam, what's your worst case scenario for the Blazers as a whole this offseason? I think it would be to to load up 
to to play to treat this like we've got a two year window to build this with Dame and so let's see what we can get for three because um unless a deal comes about that I haven't seen or we didn't really talk about that's you're risking more giving that up than you are by not chasing a ring right now because I just don't think that they're going to put a team together that I'm going to feel like is going to get there. I don't think they have a coach to take him to a ring right now. Who's to say if in five years he's ready to do that? Um, who knows if he'll last that long? But I, to me, that's the worst case is we're, we, we're seeing billboards around town with Jalen Brown and, you know, a, a slightly overrated big on them next to Damian Lillard or something like that. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I, I mean, is is the worst case scenario you're driving downtown and it's Dame and OG and Anobi next to each other, and then there's literally nothing else on the roster. Like, I could absolutely see that. Um, yeah, it just it wouldn't be fair to anybody, but that feels like paying Evan Turner seventy something million dollars. You know, like this yeah. is really supposed to make that much of a difference. And that's kind of been the gist with this team for a while. It feels like I, I just. I remember I watched them in, I want to say it was 2017. I went to a Blazers game and it was Evan Turner was the starting three. Mo Harkless was the starting four. And I think, I think it might've been Nurk as the starting five and they were playing Denver and Dave went for like 57 points or something crazy. And he broke the Blazers single season scoring record, whatever year it was. And they lost by 15 points. And it was just like, yeah, that's just kind of how this team has felt for so it, long. Denver shot 62%. Yep. And, yep. and, and like, had a triple double. I think Gary Harris had a 30 bomb. Like, it was just, it was one of those nights that's just like, oh, this is what it's like to be a Blazers fan. And, uh, you know, I'm lucky that I'm not one, I suppose, but it's kind of, it must be kind of tough at times. But let's end positive. Let's end on a positive note here. What would be your best case scenario for the Blazers offseason as a whole, Sam? I I um I'll I'll try to get a little creative and not just say keeping the picks and they work out, but I think that you know, because Michael Jordan is who he is, the Hornets pick Miller, Scoot falls to us, we get the guy we want. He's everything I think he is. Um and maybe they can do something with 23 and 43 and a guy like Nurkish to get a younger big back. Um, somebody at that position, you know, a, a Clint Capella type. I mean, that's probably too big of a name for what I'm talking about, but just a, a different guy at center along with getting Scoot um, so that it, the, the roster is upgraded in addition to Scoot from what it was last year. And then do, you know, you bring back the guys who looked good during the tank and have, you know, that becomes kind of your bench unit. And then you get 80 or so games out of everybody and, and see how far you can get, maybe get out of the play and tournament with that group or something. And then we're all left feeling very excited. Like we've got a chance to maybe go get one next year. If, if a big name wants to join what they have going. Oh, I think, I think that's a great point. You know, it's, it's doesn't have to be, go all in you can kind of build slowly and still try to maximize not just maximize but extend your you know competition window i think that's a great point sam you bring a lot of expertise and 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 i was really happy to get you on to talk about i mean 
probably the team with the most influx of any team in the draft that we've talked about. There is so much that can happen with the Blazers here. So we thank you so much for coming on. All your stuff will be linked down below, but for the people who want to hear it from your voice, uh, let the people know where they can find all your stuff. Um, so as you guys said, I am the co-host along with my great friend, Andy Clark, who's in Tahiti right now. So screw him. But um, he, we we host the Peyton Years. It is the only podcast in existence dedicated to Oregon State men's basketball. We talk about Pac-12 stuff, too. We did um a little update uh episode pretty recently it's it's not it's a it's kind of bleak right now believe it or not surrounding Oregon State men's basketball so it's going to be exciting when when that when we when we climb back up the ladder there but um I have an Instagram that Sam Whiteley bang bang um if you want to find me there I, yeah yeah no I I think all his stuff is I, I just think all his stuff is great and I I, I think he uh Sam has been I, I sort of just recently got to know him, but I got into his podcast and, and he's been a great Twitter follow, great interactions. Um, so really recommend his stuff for Coop at Allie underscore under, underscore Coop for Stone Out Porter underscore Court. I'm at Bryce Cedric 14. Make sure you give us a like, rating, review, all that fun stuff. Check out the website uh, for breakdowns on teams and draft clicks and all that fun stuff. This has been the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you. We'd once again like to thank the people at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Thanks again for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks again for listening. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.